So we are in a series of messages uh, called The Signs of the Times, uh, Knowing the Trends and Living with Hope. And uh, we've been looking at several trends the last couple of weeks. If you missed any of the messages, we do have them online. You could go on our website or you can go on YouTube. We have them posted there after the service, probably be about 6 o'clock on Sundays. Right. Um, but uh, Jesus wanted us to know the signs of the times. He specifically talked about them in the Gospels, and he wouldn't have said, watch and pray and know these things if he didn't want us to have the wisdom uh, in his word to do it, because he said, you know, that we would know when his second coming would be. This is what we've been talking about a little bit about that, how important it is that we know that he's coming again, Amen. his second coming, and that he's, and in scripture, he says, you know, um, when you see all these things happening in one generation, these trends, and they start to accelerate, happen in one generation. And, of course, we don't know how long exactly a generation is. It could be 50 years. It could be 100 years. But within a generation of time, as we see these trends accelerate, he said, know that my second coming is soon. It's yes. at the very door. And I think, um, you know, soon to the Lord. If you've ever walked with the Lord for very long, soon to the Lord. <laughs> Is kind of a hard reference to gauge because a year, a day is as a thousand years, it says in scripture to the Lord, right? Or a thousand years is as a day. And so we don't really know the exact day that the Lord is coming. But he, again, has given us wisdom in the word of Come God on. so that we can be spiritually prepared. That's the whole point. He wants us to be spiritually prepared to meet him. And in scripture specifically says, don't let that day catch you by surprise. So it's important we understand what the word of God says about it. And we do believe that we are seeing an acceleration of these trends. Just turn on the news. Mm -hmm. It's like never before. And uh, are we saying, we ask ourselves, are we in that generation? Is this the generation? I think so. I don't know, but I'd say it's a good possibility. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and we definitely believe that we are in early birth pains. Yes. says we, they call them early birth pains. And so we looked at um, last week deception, the trend of deception and false Christ. And it said, take heed that you will not be deceived. And so we do need spiritual discernment. Do we not? Yes, we do. Oh, boy. You know, and that's going to come by reading the word of God. Amen. This is how you gain spiritual discernment. I hope that you're reading. We, we've mentioned three chapters as we go through this series. Matthew 24, really Matthew 24 and 25. That's right. And Luke 21 and Mark 13. Read those chapters. They're all kind of mirrors of saying the same thing about what Jesus says of the signs of the times in the end. And, and I would say go beyond that. Challenge yourself to read the New uh, a Gospel. I was going to say the New Testament. Yeah. But read go, the New Testament. Like a small I'm serious. Home. Yeah. I'm After serious. You read the gospel. Read the know, book. Just, just keep going. This is God talking to you. And truly, it's it's our duty. It's our responsibility. If you call yourself a believer, how could we be a believer and a follower of Christ if we don't even know what He says? How Come do we? How could we follow something that we're <laughs> ignorant of? So begin to challenge yourself. Get with the gospel. Mark. Get Luke. Matthew, John, take any of them and begin yes. to read, challenge yourself. It's vital that you and I are sure that we know God, and not only that we say we know God, but that we know that God knows us. Yes. It does. We do want to know that God knows us. Intimately. Intimately. Yeah. Intimately. And, you know, right now we see all this chaos and, and 
troubling things that are happening, not just here in America, but around the world. And that's why it's, you need to read the Word, because it's so important that believers understand the biblical storyline that's being played out. We want you to know, God wants you to know what will happen, why it's happening, and what your part to play is in it all. Because you and I have a part to play. And what, what Jesus wants is a heart response. Yeah. A heart response. You know what a heart response is? It's not, oh man, it's beating faster. A heart response is your whole being. The Bible declares you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. He wants the heart response, all of you to respond. But how do you respond unless you know what he says in his word? See, our, our prayer and the people that come to prayer, and you should be here. If you, if you don't think times are troubled enough to pray, they are going to get worse. But our prayer is that you would be awakened to the truth of what God is doing. So that you draw closer to Jesus in an intimate way. Just like Pastor Mamie said, to know him and that he knows you. And that means you reveal your stuff to him. Amen? Yeah. We need to be awake. We need to understand God's perspective about what is happening. Amen? Amen? We want your roots to go deeper into Christ. So that you'll be ready. So these things won't surprise you. And of course, you know, God's calling his church not just to wake up, but then to pray. We, we need to pray. We need to call on him for help. We need help today. Amen. We need God to forgive us. We need God to forgive us. We need God to protect our families. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Yes. And we, we need to pray for our government that the craziness stops. Yeah. And that there's law and order in the streets. Yeah. Amen? And ask Him to heal our land. Yeah. Because we need His power. We need His mercy. Yeah. We need Him to move among us. Yeah. And it seems, are you, do you say that? Most everybody in here shaking their head going, yes, yes. But it, not everybody believes that. I mean, it's startling. It's startling sometimes what you're hearing these days on the news. I'm going to repeat something that I heard. Chris it's a Cuomo. It's a quote. CNN. Whether you like CNN or not, this is what I heard. He closed out his program recently and said, and you remember, he's talking about all the chaos in the world, and you, I'm quoting him. And you remember, if you believe in one another... And if you do the right thing for yourself mm. and your community, things will get better in this country. You don't need help from above. It's CNN. With, it's within us. That's what he said. I'm quoting him. I listened to it. That's exactly what he said. Just do the right thing for yourself, which in this day of culture, I don't know what that could, pop, <laughs> could, could include. But to say it's within us, that's where we get our help. 
And then his brother, Governor Andrew Cuomo, right. made a similar kind of comment during the COVID crisis. It was in April, New York City, Governor of New York, but right. he was you know, trying to flatten the curve of the spike in the virus cases. And he was insistent that God did not help flatten that curve, that, the, that God wasn't the one who made things get better because somewhere in April, that curve began to flatten. And he said it was man's hard work. This is what he said, quoting, the numbers down because, and he emphasized, we brought it down. We brought the number down, he said. God, he said, God did not do that. Your faith did not do that. Destiny did not do that. A lot of pain and suffering did that, meaning by the people that were working with the, and that he said, and that's how it works. It's math. I thought, well, God have mercy on Amen. these people. I mean, I think Mr. Cuomo, we do differ with you on that account. That is <laughs> yes. not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we do need to do our part. Sure, we need to yep. do our part mm -hmm. in the natural. But to tell your listeners, you don't need help from above. Your help comes from within. And God didn't help better anything or flatten any curve or bring any healing to better the outcome, to say that openly to the nation. It's just utter foolishness. Amen. And it's, it, it's arrogance. I mean, it's by God's great mercy that we live and move and breathe and have our being, God. right? Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. I mean, I'm surprised. When I think about, now we have this mysteriously, this coin shortage. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> but I'm surprised that we still have coins and paper money within God we trust on it. That someone hasn't said, of course, it's money and you need money. And so why haven't we just said, let's just take all this and burn it in the street. It's God and God we trust on it. But the president, you know, recently in a 4th of July speech mentioned God's place in the founding of this country. And our need for God. And again, whether you like Donald Trump or you don't. Listen to what he said. He, part of one of the sentences in his speech was, we stand tall and proud and only kneel to Almighty God. Yes. Now, so now whether you like it or not, whether you, as, his, as a president, as a Christian, I can agree with that statement. Yes. I think anybody in this room could agree with that statement. But in today's world, talking <laughs> like that, has become extremely polarizing. It's become extremely polarizing. Oh my it, God. Because it's cutting and it's dividing. And it's intensifying spiritual warfare is really what it's doing. Bringing out where people stand. I mean, I bring up CNN again. Maybe you're going to question if you listen to CNN. But this is Don Lemon. He, he said this about Jesus. This is, and I think this is where this is coming from. The president gives a speech and he makes a statement like that. And then all of a sudden, here's where the other stand goes. That he said, you know, Jesus, if, if that's who you believe in, if that's who it is. This well, is a quote. Well, we know he wasn't perfect. Don yeah, Lemon. That's, that's what you want to go, uh, What? This Whoa. is the biggest news agency, it, biggest television thing. CNN owns CBS, NBC, all the rest. And if I, I looked up, you know, someone wrote a blog post about it here this week, of him saying that. And among other things, they gave a background to some of his beliefs. But one thing he did say was, I mean, he grew up going to a Baptist church. Right. 
And uh, anyways, he said, to believe the Bible for the word of God, word for word, he said, is naive and it's even dangerous. And I think, you, can you see where this leads? Yeah. Because if Christians Come believe on. dangerous things in people's minds, then yeah. you become a dangerous person. Hello. I mean, the truth will divide, and we are quickly moving to this place where your allegiance and your allegiance to truth is going to be tested. Right. And it's not going to be liked by all people. But it has who to be made I, known. Who will I stand with? It has to be made known. Yeah, who will I stand with or who will what? You know, will I bow to? The truth is, yeah, right now, but the truth is, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to Jesus' lordship. That day is coming. When he comes back the second time, this is going to be the rule of law over this whole earth. It's the rule of law. He is coming to bring the full salvation to those who have their faith in him, their hope in him, their trust in his word. He's coming back. Listen, the Bible declares he's coming back and he will, he will destroy. He will put down. He will annihilate all unrighteousness, all lawlessness that's against his lordship. He is a king. Do you understand what kings used to do? Read, I want you to read, uh, I want you to read Luke 19. There's a, there's, Jesus talks about a parable. He talked about a parable of a noble man went to a different country to receive a kingship. I want you to read it. I want you to read it. See, here's the key. Uh, There's going to be billions of people who will not take Jesus as their Lord. Billions. Billions. But there's going to be many who are going to, right now, have accepted him. He has freed us from the law of sin and death. Those people, not so many. Because it's a narrow road. Do you understand? And if you're not walking that narrow road, you have to really test your heart. Here's a sign of the time. Look at this scripture. Look at this scripture. Oh, please come up because I want you to read it. Matthew 24, 9. Yeah, Matthew 24, 9. Read it. I want you to read it right now. Look at it before I read it. Shall we read it out loud? Yeah, okay. That'll be good. You will be hated by everyone and all nations for my name's sake. Let that sink in. We just developed it. You're dangerous. Truth is, you are dangerous. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have the living God dwelling inside of you. <laughs> but I want you to look at this startling statement that comes from Jesus himself. And this is found in Luke. This is Luke. Luke chapter 12. Really important. You know, you have to read the word of God to understand who Jesus is. Luke 12. 49 through 53. I love to hear the pages turn. Love to hear the pages turn. Jesus says, I have come to bring fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo. And how distressed I am until it is completed. 
Do you think I came to bring peace on the earth? No. I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. One of the signs of the time is the polarization and hatred of Christians. And we have to guard our hearts. Listen, very carefully. We have to guard our hearts and not be shocked or offended by people. Or we cannot offend Jesus by our actions and our words. We cannot deny him. And isn't Jesus' statement startling? I'm bringing fire on this earth? I'm bringing fire on this earth? Not the words that we've expected from our, <laughs> what we would hear and consider <laughs> our meek and lowly shepherd, yeah. our, our Savior. But perhaps, you know, if, if this startles you, uh, you really need a fuller perspective of what, who Jesus is according to Scripture. Yeah. Because he's, he's, like you said, he's returning as king. He is, he is returning as a king. He will, the Bible declares he is a warrior. And he'll judge. He'll judge all the nations. And I, you think, you know, we need a fuller perspective, just like yep. you were saying. And I think perhaps we've heard so many sermons on the love of God that we've misunderstood the fullness of Jesus' character. Can I hear an Amen. Anybody I mean, who's reading the word knows this. Perhaps we find it hard to reconcile, and I think we do. Reconcile, don't really understand a God who both loves the world so much that he'd send his son yes. to die for us, but at the same time hates sin and evil and will one day come and destroy it. Yes. And I think evil is not just some entity. He's going to destroy evil. Evil dwells in the hearts of people, yeah. and that's what creates the evil. And so the sad part of that is the people that take pleasure, not in the truth, it says, but unrighteousness, you know, they, those people will be, judged. will be the ones that will be judged and judged harshly I mean, because the truth does divide. And I think God, the father sent his son, Jesus Christ into the world. We know the scripture, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. This is why he sent him, that he gave Jesus so that we would not perish, so that Jesus would take the penalty for your sin and my sin, so that we could be welcomed into a heavenly, holy place with God. Didn't you think he had to have a warrior spirit to agree to do that? Yeah. I think he takes, God, Scripture says God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. That's right, that's right. So when Jesus says, I've come to bring fire on the earth, it's like he's saying, I've come to bring judgment on the earth. We have to understand that about the fullness of his character. Yes. You know, we, we, we know that his coming is going, he knew his coming would bring division. I don't know that he took pleasure in that, except that he, he hates unrighteousness. So he must put it down. Yes. For the sake of love, to protect love, he has to do away with evil. And that means eternal judgment for the people who reject him. 
It's a scary thought. Amen. It so is. speaking about, listen to this scripture, Matthew 25, 31, speaking about the eternal consequences about truth and truth dividing. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, and then he will sit on the throne of his glory, and before him will be gathered all nations, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep at his right hand but the goats at his left. Verse 34, then the king will say to those at his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you since the foundation Hallelujah. of the world. Isn't that an awesome thought? Come on. This is where God's had a plan in Genesis and he's going to finish it up in Revelation. <laughs> but then he will say to those, verse four, this, we skipped to 41, mm -hmm. he'll say to those at his left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Let that truth mm -hmm. and the eternal consequences sink into your heart. We really do need to live with a vision about, uh, for eternity. It's not just about the here and now. It's about eternity. You will live somewhere for billions if you can put a yes. time frame on eternity. How long is it? Well, just go billions and billions of years. And right and now is the time to be rewarded. But, it, but scriptures like that, you let them sink in. They spark a holy fear on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And a desire to look at yourself and mm -hmm. go, well, I, well, I want to be with the sheep. I don't want to be with the goats, right? Come on. Any God-fearing person would say, I want to do whatever I can. I want to be sure I'm walking in a path so that I'm judged as a sheep and not a goat. Amen? Yes. Yeah. You know, the truth does divide, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, just look at people. Observe them. I mean, many families, you know, the truth of the gospel comes and it brings division. It brings division. One family member comes to Christ, has faith in Christ, and then yeah. the family kind of gets disrupted like that, yeah. and then they don't like the change of that person. It's, it, it, that change, do you know why it's a change in that person? Because it's the life of God. It's the life of God walking in that narrow path. And when that person continues in that narrow path, it convicts darkness. Yeah. People don't like that. So it's rough. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this. We've seen uh, families, uh, the husband gets saved and the wife doesn't like it. And, and, or vice versa, the wife gets saved and the husband doesn't like it. And it's, it causes trouble. Mm -hmm. It causes trouble. Because they don't understand the change. You don't want to do the things you used to do. Can I hear an Amen. My, uh, one preacher says, it will change you. It will change you. To be born again, it will change you. You become a new creature in Christ. And the difference is like if you're walking down the highway and you get smacked by a Mack truck. And people say, whoa, Pastor Steve, you really changed. <laughs> That's the light shining in darkness. Come on. But we've also seen the spouse bring the unbeliever into the faith, into the church. Yeah. I mean, glory to God. 
You know, but also friends are just, you know, start to separate because the truth is you don't do what you used to do. You don't run with the crowd anymore. You found life in Christ. Amen. Division. The truth always brings division. It will always bring division. And, and you want to test it out? Do you want to test it out when you're in a conversation with your friends? Yes, Talk right. about Jesus. Use the name Jesus. You'll instantly see something. Oh, if you talk about God, everybody has a God. You know, they, they have a, they're idolaters because they have an image of God that is false. And they'll worship him. That's why it's so important for you to read the word of God. Don't go off to the right. Don't go off to the left. Stay on that narrow path. Because it is narrow. He's going to chip away at you. Why? Because he wants you to manifest the righteousness because that's who you are. The Bible declares you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Want that light to shine? Don't run with the crew anymore. Amen. <laughs> Jesus says that he is a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. Don't be surprised when people say, oh, what? I'm, I'm offended. Well, of course, you're just doing your job. You're bringing truth. Truth divides. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, if you want. Wait a minute. Like, I want to keep preaching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> I thought you were done. See, it's going to be a challenge to your faith. You know that. Greek word for the narrow path means under pressure. You're going to feel under pressure when you start to speak about Jesus. And if they start blasting you, persecuting you, the Bible declares the glory of God is upon you. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. I want the glory of God on me. Amen? I'll sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Chiming in with that thought that if, if you want or expect people to always like you, especially when you share your beliefs or your faith, well, you're get ready for a rude awakening. <laughs> because if you're not strong in spirit, I mean, this really is a matter of like the whole saying, tough skin, soft heart. That's like, right. You have to be able to still maintain love and humility with people, even though they reject what we're saying, mm -hmm. they reject our beliefs. You know, because if you're not get, getting stronger in spirit, you're going to subconsciously just look for ways to have them accept you and oh. like you, even if it means compromising your beliefs or if, even if it means, well, and I won't talk about that anymore because I can see it bothers you. Whoa. We don't want to remain silent. Come not on. in this day and not time. Not in this day. And we can't become so shocked and offended like, what? You don't believe like I believe? That we begin to turn and hate the person Come and on. speak evil about the person, which is not godly either. And so the challenge is not to be silent, but to still walk in love and humility as we share our faith because the world needs the light. The Come world on. needs our faith yes. more than ever. I mean, just take a look at this scripture, Matthew 24.10. Look at it. I'm going to read it out of the King James. 
Because a lot of your Bibles, and my Bible said a falling away, but the word is, is uh, scandalizo, and I'll show you the word. And then shall many be offended. That's the word, scandalizo. It means to cause the stumble, cause the sin, to become indignant, shocked, and offended, and fall away. Many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. The, signs of the, and the sign of offense is the most dangerous. It's the most dangerous because it's the bait of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. You got to watch out being offended. Yeah. It's the most significant time, uh, sign, in my opinion, is being offended. Well, we live in an offensive culture. You, you know. People are afraid to post anything anymore because it's like, I might say something that somebody likes or I said it the wrong way or I didn't mean what I... Mm -hmm. If you did a survey in church, the people that used to come that are not here anymore. This is in every church. It's in every church, not just this church. But it happens here. Uh, people get offended. They get offended by the pastor or they get offended by somebody else if they, because there's an opposition. The truth always divides, guys. They, they, they get offended and they, they don't come anymore. And they, now everybody's a hypocrite. You're all hypocrites. Christians are hypocrites. Pastors are hypocrites. Everybody. Cancel culture. Well, maybe. It's dangerous yeah. if you go into that. They're offended by a message that comes from the pulpit, or they're offended because they tried. To, I, uh, people try to biblically correct them, keep them on that narrow path, yeah. because there's wolves on the sides. Right. And look at this is a perfect scripture, Second Timothy four three. This is the Apostle Paul writing this, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says, "For the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine." Mm -hmm. But will, they will gather to themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, having itching ears, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. Uh, so Paul's writing here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, about a future time when a portion, I believe, is saying in the last the days of the last days that in the church community, there will be people that will just simply no longer endure sound teaching of Scripture. Right. And actually develop a distaste for it not just i don't like it but a distaste for it no longer endure in the greek has this sense of no ability to put up with or i yeah. have no tolerance for it and why is that because the, we're back to the same statement because the truth cuts and divides amen right it does amen I mean, truth spoken under the anointing of the holy spirit will cause you to examine yourself and it's good that it does. We want it to do that. Yes, we do. How else can we, you know, keep putting off our old ways and walking with the Lord? And, you know, I think people say, well, the truth is supposed to set me free. And it does. The truth will Amen. set you free. If you follow it. 
but first, I've heard somebody say, but first it will probably make you miserable. <laughs> and why oh, is that? Yeah. Because you start to examine yourself. It's like, oh, I don't like God. You're like dealing with me on this, and it doesn't make us feel good, does it? Oh, that's, no. that's perfect. You know, Because truth sometimes cuts pretty deep, depending yes. on the, what you've been holding on to, that the Lord's saying, you need to let go of that. Mm -hmm. So when the Holy Spirit brings conviction, you know, if we're teachable, if we're humble yes. and we're correctable, then it says godly sorrow will work mm -hmm. and repentance will work life. Amen. It'll work life in life. us. And so God may deal with us about a lot of issues in our lives, about your language, about an attitude, harsh attitude, what you allow yourself to watch, what you're, what you're listening to, how you treat your spouse. Mm -hmm. You know, lying, how you handle your money, mm -hmm. unforgiveness, immorality. I mean, just you name it. It's yep. everyday life stuff that the Holy Spirit wants to be able to speak into our life and help us stay on the narrow path. Help. We have a high and holy calling. Amen. It's a holy calling, God says. So we shouldn't be surprised that God's saying, let go of that. That's unholy and walk this way into a path of, of really of righteousness. Amen. So when we hear a message that convicts us, like this one today may be convicting you, or a brother or sister in Christ gently, yeah. lovingly encounters you about something in your life that is destroying it, sin, you know, you feel the cut begin to happen. Right. Every one of us has had that happen. Truth. Our flesh says like, no, ouch, I don't want that. I mean, growth into godliness Amen. is messy. And it's painful to our flesh. Come on. We just need to face it. Our flesh is never going to say, oh, yeah, I'm glad you told me about that. <laughs> it's just a whole lot easier to go, I'm done with you people. Cancel. I'm out of here. I'm going to go find another church, yeah. another group who speaks my language a little bit better, understands my progressive approach to life. You know, doesn't look so, such a narrow path. Oh, boy. Let's not interpret truth. You know, in such a straight and narrow way. I mean, people say, well, I mean, compared to the world, look at my life. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And I think we don't compare ourselves to the world. Amen. We are not of the world, right? You know. So we ought to examine ourselves in light of truth. This is why we need to be readers of the Come word. Come on. Because otherwise, what are we comparing ourselves to? We'll just look at one another and go, we tend to judge ourselves always a little better. Until we open up the word and God says, let me... Let me speak into your life. <laughs> but, I mean, but scripture tells us in the last days, this is going to happen. People have itching ears. It's like, well, I just don't want to hear this. Let's just go find another place. Mm -hmm. But the danger is you're allowing yourself to believe in a distorted gospel message. Come on. That really does not portray Jesus Christ, of it, you know, in Christianity in this word the way he truly is. And you want to be sure you're not deceived. Amen. And it's getting harder and harder for people to endure sound doctrine and hear the truth. Because let's face it, when you've got the news media, the major ones broadcasting the way they do, you don't need God's help. And uh, Jesus wasn't perfect. Jesus wasn't perfect. Come on. It's going to be, it's going to get harder and harder to take a stand and say, well, wait, what do I believe? And would I speak up for it? And would I risk being rejected? I think in the midst of all of this, I'm going to leave you with one last scripture and then we're going to close out. Philippians 2, 14 and 15. 
Paul also talked about this to the Philippian church, just saying that in light of the things that Paul knew that the Holy Spirit said would happen in the end times, that there would be a group of people that would also rise up and want to do right. Come on. Okay, and so we want to be part of this calling of people. It says, do all things without grumbling or division, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights there we are. in the world. There we are. So we, we need to take our stand today and say, that's who I want to be. The Lord's waiting because he's a perfect gentleman. He's not yes. going to say, I'm going to make you do that. You have a free will. Do you want to do that? Do you want to be someone who's shining light in a dark world and in a crooked and perverse generation? Yes, I do. Yeah. Come on. So let's just be sure that this is the characteristic of the goal, the people that you want to be hanging out with. That we have a unified mindset right. and a heart set Come about on. this. So let's just... I want you to bow your head. Yeah. You know, one day... In the not-too-distant future, <laughs> Jesus is going to return to this earth. And every eye will see him. My question is, are you prepared for this day? Are you prepared for this day? Because he's not coming back as a baby born in a manger. Yeah. He's coming back as a righteous judge. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's going to separate sheep from goats. He's going to separate. We read that scripture. Not good for the goats. Not good. But my question is, are you really prepared? Are you really prepared for that day? Because there's only one way. And it's Jesus. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. If you've allowed yourself to be ministered by the Spirit of the living God today, I know we've all been convicted. But also, the most important thing is, have you taken Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I mean, for serious. Don't just say a prayer and I'm done. I'm going to continue to live my life the way I am. No. It's time to you give up your life. This is what Jesus says. Yeah. Give up your life to obtain his life. Yeah. And I just want to bring one other thought into this. With a scripture that we saw, it said, Hell and its fire was created for the devil and his angels. It wasn't created for people. Let's remember that God so loved the world. This is why Jesus came, so that the punishment of hell experience. And so he hung on a cross, paid the penalty for your sin and my sin, so that you could be forgiven, born again, and walk with him throughout all eternity. So if you want to receive the gift of salvation, you know, just raise your hand as an act of faith and we'll pray a prayer yes, with you because we'll, the gift of salvation is received by faith. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else want to raise their hand and get free from being a goat? Join her. Be a sheep. Let's pray this prayer. You watching by the internet, bow your head 
and submit to Christ because he loves you so much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come just as I am. Come on, let's go. Heavenly Father, I come just as I am. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. I have sinned against you. I've sinned against you. In thought. In thought. In words. In words. And by actions. By actions. Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Change me. Change me. I declare. I declare. I'm yours. I'm yours. My life is yours. My life is yours. I want to live for you. I want to live for you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. Help me. Help me. Give me power to overcome. Give me power to overcome. All sin that comes in my life. All sin that comes in my life. Jesus. Jesus. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my Savior. You are my King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.